Welcome back to the Complex Minds podcast for Catherine and Lucy. Today's episode is about trichotillomania, which is pronounced trichotillomania, and it's not always the first thing to come to mind when you think of mental disorders. However, its impacts are just as severe as others. By definition, trichotillomania is a compulsive desire to pull out one's hair. As a way of dealing with stress and anxiety, the disorder can come with several other consequences, such as emotional distress and problems with social work. Often, trichotillomania is another manifestation of anxiety itself, or even an added addition to an already present anxiety disorder. Around 3.5% of the population meets the diagnosis of trichotillomania, which is around 5 to 10 million people. The diagnosis can include visible bald spots from pulling on hair or other forms are known as minor versions of the disorder. The disorder can also create shame and embarrassment for those dealing with it, as they start to develop visual marks of their disease. Overall, the disorder can impact one's life in many different ways and plays a very prevalent role as a harmful mental disorder. Today, we will be speaking to a guest who will remain anonymous that deals with this disorder and they will explain how it affects their life and their view of themselves. Our first question If you were explaining to somebody who had no clue what trichotillomania was, how would you explain it in like the simplest way possible? In the simplest way possible, it's like obsessive, like hair pulling pretty much, whether that be on your head. For me personally, it's like more my face. But yeah, simplest terms, just obsessive hair pulling. And then I know you said like you pull it out your face, but how does it like really affect you in your day to day life? Well, it could definitely like affect like how I look, which can definitely like affect self-esteem, which has definitely been an issue for me. But I've come to terms with it, like accepted it more. Like when I was younger, it was like much harder to accept and like realize like what was really going on. But now it's like so much more awareness about all sorts of mental health issues. So it's just it's easier to like accept and like talk about a little more now. I have backtracking on that. One, where like in your face do you like pull out your hair? Like your eyebrows? Yeah. When I was younger, it was usually like my eyelashes, but it became like eyelashes and eyebrows. But yeah. I was reading about that because I was trying to research trichotillomania and then not like side effects, but like domino effects. And self-esteem was one of the biggest ones I read about, which was something that I think was the most important because I feel like people that already have like anxiety and things like that, like they don't have the best self-image. And then, you know, you get something like this and you're like, well, this is not helping. Yeah, that's definitely does not go great with my anxiety, but it definitely has stemmed off that since probably began when I was like seven, maybe. But yeah, definitely self-esteem is definitely like a big part of it for sure yeah i know you said you have anxiety too do you think like the trichotillomania did that develop like off of the anxiety or like which one came first i'm not sure because it was essentially 10 years ago when this started so i don't remember like that well like how it started or, like what may have like led to it but trichotillomania definitely stems from anxiety so i'm assuming something might have happened that like, kind of started triggering that reaction somehow probably anxiety first and that's just kind of how like i dealt with the anxiety i guess it's also like a form of anxiety like a manifestation Mm -hmm. and then I have like one more question you said that mainly for you it's like you pick out your eyebrows now I'm assuming for other people like it might they might pull at different places where hair grows do you know like how it can develop that way honestly no because from what I've like heard and what doctors have like asked me personally because sometimes they'll like look at my record and be like oh I, I hear that you've come to see people about this before they always ask and I tell them it's like usually eyebrows or eyelashes so like I don't really know how it starts within people like where they like choose to pick from but typically just like somewhere on the head <laughs> I feel like on the head, people are like judged for it. You know, if they have like any visible standing marks of it, 
And I feel like it's also not that different. Like if anyone picks at like their fingers or their face, like acne, it's like basically that except it's an anxiety disorder. So I feel like if anyone gets judged for that. Yeah, it's it's the same as like biting your nails or like picking your nails or just like a little like kind of tick, I guess, almost like that. It's just more obvious. That kind of flows into our next question. I guess that could be a misconception about like trichotillomania, but like what is like other ones you have heard about it? What do you mean? You guys were kind of talking about there's more of like a stereotype around if you're like bald on your head because of trichotillomania than like someone buying their nails or like picking out their lips or something like that. So what are like other misconceptions you've heard about trichotillomania if you've heard like any at all? I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's just mainly that. Like, maybe it's just because like, you present yourself like with your face. Like, that's where you like when you meet someone or go talk to someone. It's like you're looking at each other's faces and like heads. So like, I don't know. Maybe it's just more people think it's more obvious to someone that it's just it's recognized as like more of a disorder than like if you're just picking your nails or something. What are some of the techniques you try and use to help combat the trichotillomania? When I was younger, for a while, they had me like I'd wear like gloves at night a lot. It always happened at night for me because I just I don't know I get really anxious at night. I'd wear gloves or like like a, like a sleeping mask like over my eyes, you know, or something to, like play with like while I go to sleep, like little kind of like fidgety things that I could do with my hands instead, and that's mainly what it's been. But now that I'm like more like aware of it and like I recognize and like know that I have like anxiety and things like that, I just it's more like mental things now where I'm like, okay, you don't need to do this. A lot of techniques are like go to your happy place or like just little like mental things like that now. But even then now I do like have like little like fidgy things like anxiety ring. Yeah, like the anxiety ring. I actually don't wear that anymore because it doesn't fit any of my fingers, but I lost mine. So guys, I kind of have two on right now. But yeah, so like things like the anxiety ring, just so I could like fidget with my fingers like in other ways instead of pulling. Yeah. And then you said that when you were younger, they gave you like a sleeping mask and gloves. Have doctors given you any other types of like resolutions or techniques or is it mainly just like the mental notes like you said? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, it was more like things that I could like just physically do to prevent myself. And now it's more like mental things like to put myself in the right mindset to not do that. Did it ever just become like visible for you? Like if someone were to look at your face, was it ever to a point where like they could tell that there was anything wrong? Oh yeah, for sure. Like sometimes I'll look back on like pictures from any point in the last like 10 years. It's weird with like with the kind of phases of it, like waves of it where I like do it and then I'm like, okay, now I need to stop for a while. But yeah, if I like look back on pictures sometimes, I'm like, wow, like, <laughs> like it's really noticeable. So I was always like very like self-conscious about that yeah what is one message or theme you want our listeners to know or like understand about trichotillomania that it's nothing to be like ashamed of and it's definitely like more not popular but more like more of like a thing than people might realize whether it's more obvious or not obvious for some people and there's not like technically like a cure so it's just about like mental strength which can be definitely very difficult but there's definitely a way to like put yourself in the right headspace where you're like okay I don't need to do this I can do other things instead if like if you have anxiety or something Mm -hmm. and you could always talk to people about it (laughs) thank you for interviewing with us Okay, so after speaking to our guest, I mean, in my research, I kind of learned about a lot of that. But I will say before I started looking into it for our podcast, I knew basically nothing about trichotillomania. And I didn't know how to pronounce it, didn't know how to spell it, I didn't know what it was. But um, the definition on Google, I think, is really, really short, which I kind of found belittled it because it was so short and it was kind of just like, well, this is what it's produced to. And obviously, after talking to our guest, we know that it's a lot more than just like pulling hair because things like that can present like other like physical like results of 
it. And then a person now has to deal with like self-awareness and like how they look to other people. And I think that's what's so challenging about disorders where you present like a visual manifestation of it because not only can everyone see that you're like struggling on the outside, you're also struggling on the inside and you're like kind of showing the world whether you want to or not. And I think that's super frustrating and super difficult to deal with. So I applaud anybody who fights this every day. Yeah, if I'm being quite honest, I didn't know what the disorder was called, but I did know there was a disorder where people pull out their hair, but I honestly didn't know that it was like facial hair or like eyebrow hair or anything like that. I thought it was just like hair from your head, but like it was really interesting to see how like exists like any hair. And yeah, definitely like the mental struggle of it. Like you have to be, I think, more self-aware that other people can probably like see that like visual, like you said, like reminder of them struggling with the disorder, which I think is like a whole other thing because like other disorders that are more just like internal, I guess not many people will probably like know that you're going through that but if you have trichotillomania can see it and like are reminded of it I guess which does not sound fun but yeah I am very proud of anyone who goes through that because that sounds way harder than just like a mental disorders. Our guest didn't say anything about this, but I'm sure there are resources out there that you can talk to or reach out to. And they probably want you to know that if you're dealing with this, you're not the only one. Yeah. It's not something that you're going to have to like fight your whole life. It'll get better. There are resources out there, like you said, and like definitely techniques. Like some of the techniques that they mentioned were fidget toys or whatever, like you think would help you. And you can probably, if you're not able to like find someone to, I guess, diagnose you or give you like those techniques, you can definitely look them up online, which can probably help as well. And yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.